Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome into Mondays with Matt, with Matt and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement. And we've got some retirement statistics that are encouraging or disturbing. Uh, we've gathered and updated some things from across the country, and it's time to find out if these things are, well, like I said, encouraging or disturbing findings and how maybe they can reflect on us to see if we can improve our own preparedness for retirement. So uh, there's some pretty interesting stuff in here, so this should be a good chat to talk, to, uh, talk about and go over. Matt, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Hey, we're having a good week this week. Uh, just getting started. And uh, thanks for tuning into Mondays with Matt. And uh, hopefully it's a good week for you, a good Monday. Sometimes we wake up on those days and I feel a little groggy. It's It definitely feels it's like a Monday, Monday, but other yeah. days... Yeah, like the this, sun's it's a, shining and life couldn't be better. That's right. It's a, what is it? It's a Monday, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. No, 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 nobody's a big Mondays. fan. Yeah, case of the Mondays. But uh, yeah, it's all right. That's why we do this. You know, so grab a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you uh, you like to do whenever you're checking out a podcast, especially if you listen to this in the morning or something like that. And check out some of these statistics. Matt and I will try to keep it fun and interesting, and we'll move right through these. And don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever platform you like to use if you have not done so already. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, and so on and so forth. So Matt, we're going to come out of the gate swinging with a very topical one right now. We're we're in early May here when we're dropping this podcast and. There's been a lot of uh, you know uh, news out there and things going on on the on the forefront with with the ladies and the world of women. As a matter of fact, actually, the time we're doing this is just a couple of days um, before Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all the ladies out there! Yeah, uh, happy Mother's Day. We really sure. appreciate those of you. Well, without mothers, mothers, we wouldn't be here. So. That's correct. <laughs> that's, that's an absolute fact right there. There's no disputing the facts. Without moms, we would not be here, period. So, And who else is as selfless as a mother when it comes to caring, right? Exactly. Caring for those children. They put aside a lot of things. They put aside their careers. There's annoying aside, little children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they put aside their... Well, sometimes you, you have well, to they, put stuff aside. But. Well, but and that's that's actually leads right into the first uh, statistic here, putting aside the career. So here it is. So women have smaller overall retirement savings amounts, Matt, than men typically do. They average fifty-seven thousand saved for retirement versus one hundred and eighteen for their male counterparts. Now you've been doing this a long time. Do you see that sometimes if you've seen a single like a single lady come in and they're definitely a little bit underserved? Yes. Um, this is kind of one of those statistics that is disturbing. It is disturbing. Wonder, how, how is there such a discrepancy? I mean, there's a lot of talk about these days about wage wages. And being, it's gotten um, better through the last several years. we got to be fair, right? But there has been wage gaps. Yeah, there definitely has been wage gaps. And, um, you know, I'm not, you, you try to separate yourself. And I don't think that I'm a sexist person. And I don't try to, I try to be objective. And I, and I often play devil's advocate mm-hmm. to to people. Right. Um, but what we find, the reason I think women have smaller retirement savings are uh, the statistics also show that they're the first ones to jump out of the workforce if they have a sick family per member, you know, whether that be a parent and oh, that's taken true care too. of. Yeah. Not, just, not just raising children, but also maybe doing other caregiving. That's a good point. Other caregiving. Yep. They're, they're often the ones that um, will they birth the children and in back, you know, back 50 and 60 years ago, the woman typically would stay home and the, and the man would typically in the household go out to work and bring in, bring in the financial aspect while women cared for more of the things at home. 
Um, so that often it was a big reason right there why they didn't have a re- bigger retirement account. As as times have changed and things progress and more women are in the workforce, they're still statistically the ones, like as I mentioned, that will, if there's a sick family member, they'll take the time off before the men will to take care of aging parents or mm-hmm. to take care of the children. And when they do that, keep in mind, if you don't have those wages coming in, you're missing out on contributing to your 401k. You're also missing out on employer matches, mm-hmm. things like that. The so compounding those balance, and all that stuff, yeah. It definitely takes a toll on a retirement plan. So that's one of the big reasons. And yeah, it is a little discouraging when it comes to retirement. Also, it can affect your social security wages. So usually there's a high wage earner and there's a low wage earner. Sometimes they're very similar, but um, that's often why. Yep. No, and that's definitely a disturbing one and one that we're getting better at all the time. But I found that one to be, you know, uh, pretty interesting. So there's definitely you want to make sure that we're trying to do those the best things that we can. And that's why strategy is really important. Sometimes if you're a married couple, making sure that if you're lucky enough, especially, you know, Matt, you serve a lot of folks in the Michigan area. Of course, you got clients all over, but uh, there's still a lot of pensions in the Michigan area. And so, you know, making sure you're selecting the right pension, uh, pension options for spousal benefits and things of that nature can be very important to make sure that we're taking care of the ladies uh, in the event that they are a bit underserved. So just bear that in mind. Um, Let's go to number two here, Matt. In order to have a comfortable retirement, experts are estimating uh, currently that you need about 1.4 million um, to retire, a 10% increase from the prior year. Do you think 1.4 million gets it done in today's environment? Is it too much, too little? Do you find that encouraging, disturbing? What do you think? Yeah, the key word here is comfortable retirement. There's a difference when, when we work with people as far as what they consider comfortable or, you know, I find a lot of people end up, if you've done a good job at planning and running your plan, you become debt free, which is one of the biggest building blocks to not needing as much during retirement. But um, yeah, the amount of money that we go through in retirement seems to be increasing. And a lot of that has to do with certain sectors like healthcare. And we'll talk about that later, but it's definitely costing more to retire and so when we calculate it over a 25 or 30 year retirement span, I can see that as um, naturally it's disturbing if you don't have the money, but it is, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's encouraging to know how about how much you need. I, I, th- I find a lot of people get to their early fifties and they're asking me questions like, Hey, am I on track or how much should I be putting away? What are other people of my age? Doing? Yeah. And see, and I, and I find these ones kind of a little bit irrelevant. Like the, the woman one, uh, I, I find definitely you know important that we understand and pay some attention to that. This one I find a little irrelevant because Matt, you might think you know you might need 1.4 right for your lifestyle and where you live, but I yep. might not need that for my lifestyle and where I live. So it, it can be a bit of a um, I don't know a dog whistle. I guess people go, well, if I don't have that million dollars, I'm in bad shape. Uh, right. But then and they start to feel bad about themselves or they start to feel like, man, why I did something wrong and so on and so forth. But depending on where you live and, and how you live, that may be more than enough. You know, it, so. it, it, that's very true. And, um, you know, if you have large dreams for retirement and, and you uh, want to realize those naturally having having more is better. Yeah, more, more is better. I don't know. I've ever know I don't <laughs> I guess. um as uh, Bob Hope would say, a bank is a place that'll lend you money if you can prove that you don't need it. Um, and that's when it comes to retirement too. If a lot of people, a lot of times the people that have accumulated a large amount don't need as large amount and and they do it kind of out of a fear factor, but kind of out of planning. Sure. And uh, those people that have a really good hold on your monthly expenses, that's like you said, it, it really is determined on that. 
not necessarily just one number, but the number can be different for all of us. Mm-hmm. Some people might that might be six hundred, seven hundred thousand. Other people might be two, two to five million. And getting to retirement with the house possibly paid off or being debt-free, as you mentioned, uh, that can change that factor dramatically as well. So, yeah, yep. I mean, I, I guess encourage – well, I guess maybe disturbing in the fact that we know it's it's all going up, uh, like inflation and everything's just – you know, cost of everything is going up. But mm-hmm. sometimes I don't put as much stock in these type of statistics as I do some of the other ones. Yeah, um, it all comes down to cash flow. It comes folks. down to you it. Gotta, yeah. you, it comes to your personal cash flow and what do you need to survive and what do you need to live comfortable. Yep. And you once you have a handle on those numbers, we can factor all, all the rest as yep. far as your longevity and what your actual number is. So if you don't know what your number is, definitely give me a call. Um, and let's get that disturbing into an encouraging statistic exactly. for you. Exactly. So, uh, okay. So let's go into the next one here. Number three, 55% of workers, Matt, plan to continue working in some capacity into retirement. 55% of people going into retirement plan to continue working. Encouraging <laughs> or disturbing? I'm going to put a caveat on this and say it says they plan to work. If it said they have to work, I would say that's disturbing, Right. Yeah, um, this this can be one of those um, fun facts, I guess. Right. Uh, it doesn't doesn't have to be disturbing. Um, I've had clients that literally have retired, and within six months, I finished my list. I'm going back to work because you get um, bored. Because they're I you're get bored. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we we love to think about oh, I'm going to travel, and I'm going to we're going to do um, this. And we're going to go to go and establish ourselves in Lake you know, whatever right. with our, right. with our new cottage. But those times when you do those and you reach those fulfilling goals, sometimes, yeah, if you don't have enough planned for retirement, you, you kind of do get bored. Um, you, you get past what you want to do, or we're not going to travel every day of the year. Let's face yeah, it. You can't I mean, play golf every day as much as you might love golf. If there's some guys out listening or ladies out listening, you're like, you hush your mouth, Mark. I love golf. You might, but I guarantee you <laughs> that if you played every day for a year, you might stop. Cause I've actually talked to retirees that have done that. They're like, I can't play another round of golf. Yeah. You know, I'm bored y- with it. Yeah. So, um, the fact that 55% plan to continue working, um, those that aren't continuing to work are probably busy with volunteering. Um, I, I, In some I, capacity, I find right. very few yeah. people that actually retire, you know, sit in the recliner and, you know, well, watch Matt, TV. We, we're humans, right? We, we have to have some sort of purpose for some sort of fulfillment, I think. Otherwise, we go mm-hmm. a little, little mad. And so that's why you and I often say, hey, make sure that you're, you know, you may, you, yes, you may have worked on the line for 40 years and you may absolutely hate it and you're sick to death and you're ready to go. So you're retired, but don't retire from it, retire to something else and you'll be much yeah. happier in retirement, whatever that too yeah. is, you know, whether it's people, building birdhouses or, or playing golf, right? Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Or here locally, a lot of people, you know, retirees will, will go and they'll, um, whether they work at a, um, sometimes a music theater as a, as a greeter or sure. somebody who yeah. seats people or at the local loon stadium here, they'll. You know, just uh, do ticket takers, something to do, something, exactly. something to break up a little bit of life's general boredom. And, and I, I think we've gotten get be- some social. Yeah, I think we've gotten better as a society because I think some we used to for sure. If you saw someone over 70 working someplace like that, I think we used to immediately the stigma was we would think, oh, they must have screwed up and, and, mm-hmm. and they have to work. But I think anymore, we've started to really come to realize that we're living longer. We're living healthier. 
and you just can't sit in the house all the time. And and yeah. and COVID, that's my next stat, actually definitely added and compounded on that. Now people are definitely like, hey, get me out of here. I want I, I was locked down long enough, right? I want to do something. And so uh, number four on my list here, Matt, is 25% of Americans increased their financial savings as a result of COVID-19. That's pretty encouraging. People actually put more money away, which makes sense. This is a very encouraging statistic. And uh, the reason for it is, you know, I think people found out there was a lot of things that they spend money on they don't need. And um, or just what couldn't happened do. Is when, or just couldn't do. And when you lock down folks, the, the other encouraging bright spot about this is a lot of debt got paid off uh, <laughs> as well. True. So, well, um, number one, what it does is it actually just helps people take a second look at their finances and then. Um, I think what happened is with that stimulus money that everybody got while they, everything was locked down, it gave people a chance to step up. You know, they got to step up in their um, quality of life. Some of those relationships, some of them, it was a little harder. I mean, they literally had health with uh, challenges with mental illness and and being locked down and and uh, some other. There were some down things, but um, but as a as a result, most Americans did increase their financial savings. We see that in you know, I'm on, on a board at a credit union. Uh, I see that in their investment accounts that more people put more money away. Uh, and that was encouraging uh, to see that people yeah. are, let's say they increase their emergency reserve fund or they um, paid off those debts. Whatever and now they're might, also, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. in, it's increasing their uh, standard of living because exactly. they don't have those, those, those uh, debts in, anymore. So yep. Hopefully that was the case for you. Hopefully you're able to put a little bit of extra away, especially with all that money that was being doled out. So hopefully that did help and, and did that. Uh, number five, this one I feel is kind of disturbing, but interesting as well. Definitely interesting, Matt. The number of retired workers receiving Social Security benefits was around 70 million in 2021. That was up 45 million people from 2019, just two years prior. So to me, that says the pandemic made a lot of people who were close to retirement say the heck with this and they retired. Yes. That's, uh, this, that's a this, lot of people. <laughs> yep. When you've got the social security benefits up uh, almost 70 million from the 45, it's it, that's huge. 35 and, million people. Yes. And what you're going to see, or I mean, that's, million, the, me. that's the drain we've been talking about uh, that's going to happen as the baby boomers are stepping away from work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, if they, we, we saw the we saw it, not, not just with them, but you know, through, through this pandemic, that kind of threw everything into a tizzy. But the number of workers that are receiving benefits, if that's straight Social Security, that is alarming. Oh, but very if, much so. Taxing it, on the system. Very taxing on the system. I mean, you can't add 35 million people into the draw phase without replacing those workers, without replacing the wages. And that's exactly, and so, Matt, what we're doing because we've got so many younger people right now that we're doing, that we're not working or then, you know, even whether during the pandemic with a lot of the jobs being shut down or this mm-hmm. this great resignation thing we've been seeing happen over the last couple of years where people are saying, hey, uh, pay me to work from home or I'm not working. And, and this is all part of the the systematic kind of, I mean, we're it's a big system and you have to have, just like, just like the circle of life, if you want to go Lion King here for a second. But if yep. we don't have all these things kind of flowing, that's when everything starts to break down, which is what we're seeing happening with supply chain issues. And it's not just making the products, it's also pumping money out into these accounts and funding these things. And you've got people retiring and not enough people working. That's a recipe for disaster, man. Right. It, and it, it, it literally, 
really did take it just such a huge toll, like you mentioned, supply chain and and all these other things. That's why inflation has gone yeah, the, ripple the high route that it has yeah. is that it has been a huge ripple effect. And if mm-hmm. there's not workers and the young people won't get involved unless they have this expectation, you know, we've lost this great American work ethic to the great America entitlement, you know, generation that says, Hey, if I'm not going to make at least 15 bucks an hour, there's no way I'm going to work. Well, right. And when you don't have any money, yeah, you you will. But um, I just had somebody. But, I, it was a quick side check. I was just on Twitter mm-hmm. the other day, Matt, and 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 there was a younger person on there. Their their handle definitely their younger person. They said, "Does your do your parents? Did your parents or grandparents live through the Great Depression?" And 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 would you share some stories? Because I think my generation needs to be reminded of this. And I was kind of kind of encouraged to see a twenty something asking about the Great Depression. My dad was born in thirty two, so he was born at, you know as it was going on. So he, not necessarily stories from him because he was a baby but but my Mm -hmm. but my uncles were born before that and they i remember my uncles telling me about literally walking matt not for miles but for an entire day or a day and a half like they would leave their house and walk for a day to a place to maybe get a job you know to maybe work for a half a day or something like that or maybe even a couple of days right they would get some employment at a farm or a ranch or something for a couple of days and then and then a couple days later they would turn around and they would walk an entire day like you talk so you're talking you know you know a lot of miles back home no driving no bicycle no motorcycle because they didn't have gas didn't have money couldn't afford a car literally walking an entire this blows my mind to think about walking an entire day just to get to a job, and maybe you got there and found out that there was no work after all. Crazy, yeah, crazy, yeah. And it's hard to believe it was just a little over a generation ago. You know, um, my my uh, hundred years ago, ninety years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. My and my my great grandfather was one of the ones who you know during that depression time. I mean. Mm-hmm. The, he he actually was uh, in the insurance business, I think, but mm-hmm. um, was had a vehicle, but um, screwed a scale into the top of the car and went down and he caught fish for a living for the okay. family. Okay, so he he would catch fish out of the river, bring them back, supply a lot of the lumber era was up here at that time. So he would he would drive around and, and sell, sell fish. fresh fish, yeah. and that was the way that he brought. Food home for the family when and that's the, that the spirit. That's that in. ingenuity you were talking about. That's that ethic. To, that's where it, I think that's where it came from with our explosion in the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. Right? It was that you know either living through the depression or uh, our parents, you know, or you know at the whoever who are your you know age bracket was was realizing how tough it was. I mean, you know, stories of in order to make the kids feel better, they would occasionally get a dessert, and the dessert was rice with a little bit of sugar sprinkled on top of it because that's all they could afford. Yeah. And that was I remember. <laughs> I remember. I was one of five kids and, you know, I was I, I was fortunate. My dad always worked two jobs though. But I remember making butter sandwiches with putting sugar on the butter, you know, and it's like exactly oh, this is great. Yeah. I think it was a little bit of a novelty, but it some days it beat bologna sandwiches. But which that's maybe where it came from did, though, right? Know, we, it probably came from, you know, maybe your grandparents or something in a depression, right? So it, yeah, I think we definitely. Yeah. I agree with you. We've definitely lost it, lost that uh, that mentality, and and seeing these numbers like this, you know, thirty five million people or twenty five million people, whatever it was, you know, going into retirement in just a two year period, probably a lot largely focused on on COVID, but still very, very, very alarming. Uh, I don't want to get too long, Matt. So let's do one more, and then we'll wrap it up. 
Okay. But I definitely like to have some more of this conversation. This is this is good stuff. But um, retirees spend an average of six thousand six hundred and sixty eight dollars uh, on health care in twenty twenty. That feels kind of low. But you tell me, what do you think? Well, I mean, if you factor that out, I mean, that's an average, right? Okay. Um, I it does seem a little bit low for twenty twenty, but you know, we were I frequently run into people that are on in that generation, in the retired generation. And if you're on prescriptions, uh, if you have really good insurance, then sometimes that might be realistic uh, or you might yeah, be on okay. a low factor, yeah. but um, you know, prescription coverage can be expensive. Mm-hmm. Naturally healthcare can encompass a lot of different things from surgery to uh, well, I know, feel like that could have been living. Yeah, I feel like that could have been low, Matt, because it's 2020. I mean, and basically hospitals weren't seeing anybody unless it was COVID based. Right. You know, so. I have a feeling that the people in that survey probably had some pretty decent insurance and, and retirees, you know, Medi- Medicare picks up. A, it's pretty a good. good it's pretty, it yeah, actually is really good. Yeah, very good. Because my dad, you know, what is several years ago had um, struggled with uh, illness and um, some pretty expensive treatments and uh, they didn't have a lot of out of pocket just because Medicare paid for a lot of that stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, prescription coverage was, was really pretty decent. So co-pays and whatnot, but $6,700 a year, you know, you're, you're talking five, $600 a month in, that's in true. Still that's, in, in, pre- right. in whatever that is, co-pays, premiums, whatever. So yeah, I can see, you know, you got to budget this for, for your retirement. And, and folks, if you have been blessed with good health, that is a fantastic thing. Yeah. And hopefully you stay that way. But um, yeah, as we as planners know that healthcare is probably going to be your bis- biggest expense through retirement. And that's the way the statistics show it these days. And um, but part of that, I mean, I think maintaining a healthy lifestyle and healthcare goes know, a long can way. Be, yeah. It doesn't say necessarily sick. It says healthcare. So that statistic could also mean, you know, staying healthy through your retirement as well. So part of that might be maintaining a, a membership to your local fitness center. Um, it might be money spent on health activities as well. So yeah. uh, definitely plan for that because I always am one, a proponent of staying healthy and spending a little bit extra to do so uh, beats <laughs> being sick and <laughs> spending a little extra to do so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And it beats uh, you know being below ground versus above ground. So uh, all right. Well, there you go. So that's our some interesting statistics. Uh, this go around here on Mondays with Matt. Hopefully you found those interesting as well. Some encouraging, some disturbing. But as always, we can't do anything about it if we don't understand the road that we're on and the path that we're on. So if you need some help understanding your own statistics, if you will, your own information, definitely reach out to Matt. As always, you should check with a qualified professional before you take action on any podcast or any uh, information you hear from from any financial professional, not just ourselves. See how it's going to apply to your unique situation by sitting down with them. And you can reach out to Matt and get started by stopping by the website, greatlakesretirementsolutions.com for a complimentary review, greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever platform for podcasting you like to use, Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. Matt, thanks for hanging out, buddy. Hey, thank you, Mark, for your time today. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Just as another statistic, we're getting back into some things offered by Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. And later on this month in May, you can go to our website to find under the events tab. But we are having a client dinner. So frequently, we do our lunch and learns. And this time, it's going to be a dinner to help some of those that are still working. Um, But we want you to to RSVP and get to our uh, dinner. It's called Panic Pays No Premium. And that's coming up May 24th. It's a Tuesday evening from 6 to 8 p.m., real close to our office within a mile. 
So get on the website and check it out. Um, you should have gotten something in the mail and uh, definitely uh, contact us in our RSVP for that. Okay. Yep. GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. And it's the events page. Check that out. And uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And we'll probably mention that again on our next podcast just to remind you. So definitely reserve your spot. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time here on Mondays with Matt. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.